Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, a couple of things I want to bring to your attention today. I'm just so tired. I'm so tired of mainstream media. And I know that I spend a lot of time like bashing mainstream media and it's all justified. Because, you know, at the end of last week, you had special counsel that Merrick Garland, who should not have the job of attorney general in this moment, appoint you know, special counsel her to oversee the investigation into Biden's documents. And in his report, which should have only been about the fact that there's nothing to see here because he didn't do anything illegal. He didn't obstruct the Justice Department. He returned the documents once he realized that he had them. Instead, her decided to attack Biden's age and his mental fitness. And this is a sycophant of Trump that, you know, served as counsel in the Trump administration. And it's a holdover. And I just for the life of me can't figure out why fucking Democrats bend themselves over backwards to try and appease the monster that is MAGA Republicans. I just, for the love of fucking God, cannot figure it out. And think that somehow you're going to satiate this insatiable beast that wants to destroy democracy. And the way that they do that is by sowing doubt about Joe Biden's capabilities. Now, we can talk about our feelings about Joe Biden, frankly, 
which there are many that I have that I know many of you have. But at the end of the day, the fucking false equivalency that is put up in the media at a time when we actually need people to be as informed as they can be is just like, oh, God, folks, I, I'm just so angry. I'm just so angry. I'm angry that Merrick Garland is the attorney general of the United States. The man is so fucking weak and lacks the integrity, intensity, fortitude that it takes to maneuver this Justice Department through the domestic terrorism that we are experiencing and have continued to experience since the beginning of Donald Trump's presidency. That has just gotten worse. We're in this fucking run up against the clock with cases that Merrick Garland could have brought the day that he was fucking sworn in, but didn't. He sat on his fucking hands for over a year. Had he brought this case when Donald Trump left office, assigned a special prosecutor the moment that Donald Trump was on that helicopter, we wouldn't be pushing up against an election and there would have been more than enough time. And Donald Trump probably would not have announced, right, his bid so it wouldn't have seemed like a political fucking attack and witch hunt that he lies about. So Merrick Garland has no business being attorney general and then appointing a Republican to oversee an investigation into Joe Biden as if somehow this is the fucking 90s? Like, are we dumb here? Or do you just not fucking get it? Like, which one is it? Are you incompetent or are you stupid? And so I just, you know, find myself consistently shaking my head, realizing that, you know, folks, Fucking February is halfway done. We are just like racing towards this election that I think is going to be devastating. Unless some miracle happens. Devastating for this country, devastating for all of us who are not part of MAGA, who are not white, rich men. And the fact that I'm still having to convince people that the threats that we are facing are real. And it's not even just the voters, because apparently we have to convince fucking Merrick Garland that these threats are not just going to go away because you close your eyes. Or because you want to seem like you're unbiased so you're going to pretend that the Republican Party isn't at the root of the cancer that is eating away at our democracy. I tell you that the politicians of yesteryear do not have 
the ability to deal with what is when they are still nostalgic for what was that is never returning. So I'm angry. And I'm tired. And I'm also tired of being angry. So it's, you know, it's like, where do we go from here? Not to mention that by the time that you're listening to this, all of you are more than aware of the absolutely brutal bombings and attacks that Rafa, an area that was supposed to be designated as safe for Palestinian civilians to pass through, was attacked during the Super Bowl. So that all eyes were away from social media and glazed over with commercials and bullshit. I'm just, oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. It's like it's just getting harder and harder and harder to muster faith. And so I am grateful for the time that I spent in New Orleans for the Creating Change Conference where I got to sit down with queer folks in battleground states that are really y'all doing the Lord's work in these blood-red states where just simply living, they are a target. And so in today's conversation, which these Queer the Vote conversations will be happening on Woke AF over the next two weeks, where I'm going to be playing for you pre-recorded conversations that happened while I was live in New Orleans. Today's conversation is with Andrea Montanez, um, talking about, you know, what it means to be trans and try to create safety for other trans people in these red states and what is needed and required. You know, and I will tell you that I consistently talk about the fact that we won't know, right, for those of us that live in blue states until if and when Donald Trump becomes president again and makes these states an absolute hell, right, what it is like to be queer in a state that you are made a target of. And so these conversations, I hope, give us a lens into what that is like and the fact that everybody doesn't have the means to leave and that we don't want everybody to leave because if they do, nothing ever changes. And so these are some of the bravest people that I've had the opportunity to speak with. So our continuation of the LGBTQ task force Creating Change Conference, Queering the Vote uh, campaign is coming up next.
I'm really excited, folks, to welcome to Woke AF Daily, Andrea Montanez from the Hope Community Center, who works on um, how to include trans people into the immigration conversation. Uh, We talk about immigration a lot on this show. I have never, Andrea, talked about it from the lens of trans um, folks coming to this country. And so I'm very grateful um, that we are meeting here at Creating Change, um, the LGBTQ Task Force Conference, to discuss 2024 and to discuss one of the major issues in the 2024 election, which is going to be immigration. Um, Andrew, talk to me about the Hope Community Center and about your role. Thank you, and thank you to be here. It's really important to be talking about these topics, uh, the intersectionality between the LGBTQ and the immigrants. To start myself, I'm original from Colombia, so I'm a proud immigrant, but I'm also a proud transgender person, so a transgender woman, so that means intersectionality. Whole community center, my role is there, I'm the LGBTQ immigration organizer. That's my position. My position is to working in the, the intersectionality between what is immigration and what's important for the LGBTQ community, in particular the trans community in this case. Hope was created, is a, to be sure, it's is, is located in Apodca, Florida. Apodca is a city like 15 minutes from, 15 miles from Orlando. Orlando is the bubble of the, uh, more, the only city protected in Florida, so I, I can say that. Apodca is so conservative, and we are almost there. So the organization was created 50 years ago for four Catholic nuns. That's, that's, good. that's an interesting story, and they came here for the times when Apodca has racial issues with the black community. The black community cannot go to the same places to the white community in that time. So when they come in here, they working with that with the black community to because they were the far workers in that time. Until they start to move in the immigrants as a far workers to the same area, and the organization is still working with that, uh, supporting the undocumented, the far workers, the the, the, the youngest one, and looking for intersectionalities. The the does. When is LGBTQ, when is the transgender community came to hope when polls happened in 2016? And this is a history why I'm there, because it's important to explain, because like I tell at the start, this is a, was founded for the Catholic bonds, but now it's an open organization. We then, when happened the Pulse Foundation, uh, the Pulse attack, with the, one of the, two of the victims were Mexicans and living in a podcast. So when the director of Hope Community Center went to the house, to the parent or one of the kids was killed in Pulse. That's the gay club. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in yeah, we're four. Just to remind folks, the, the Pulse nightclub shooting was one of the most horrific attacks uh, on the LGBTQ community. It was, I believe, uh, black and like Latinx night uh, at the club. 49, mm-hmm. 49 uh, young people, black and brown queer people were gunned down. Um, in in Florida. So please, I just wanted to provide that that memory to folks. Thank you. Yes, was the Latin black community and, and the two of them were Latin. So when they come in to the home of the Mexican dad to say, I'm sorry, the first thing he say, my son was no gay. My son was no gay. Yeah. So the founders saw, you know, the known, so this is a hole here. 
because he's a human. I don't come in here to judge nobody. They kill a person. They kill an immigrant. But it's gay too. So that's when they started working in funders and they create the position to bring LGBTQ community immigrant. They saw that important they don't saw before. So to explain that, that's when was created my position. And when I come in, of course, a couple of years after that, and we work in organizing these communities again, bring the LGBT community, uh, give the spaces with education because Again, when I talk explain that area, our Latin community and I, Latin, is the more difficult community with the same transgender people in particular. So maybe I was the first transgender person they saw in the life. And I start to educate them, I start to organize them, and I start to fight for the rights of the immigrant community, but also I start to found that transgender undocumented immigrants. They had the same struggle than then. They were with the same family. So was when we, we create a relation and that's the job we're doing and we start to go into Tallahassee to do rallies for immigration and to do rallies for the transgender community together. Because now they understand and, and we open more spaces to fight in because in this moment, particular my state is the immigrant and the LGBT and the transgender community is the more attacked. And I think it's national now because we have to be yeah, clear. It's yeah. everywhere. Immigration is the big yeah. problem everywhere and that includes us. So that movement was incredible. So I start to move in organization, you know, LGBTQ organization to they understand the immigration part too. Mm -hmm. That was important. So I was educated, educated the LGBTQ. Remember, I'm immigrant too. I don't I'm a citizen now, but I'm an immigrant too. So I got the history. And a lot of the LGBT community coming, looking for asylum or protection because all the hate they had in other countries. So they start to understand the immigration part and they start working with us. And we do it the same in the other way with the farm worker. You, 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 you had LGBTQ people, they are with you. We're working together. And we start to create different, the first rally we did for the trans community with the, with the organization. The moment most, most emotional for me was see our workers with the transgender flag, you know, so that's, 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 that's proof we are together. This is working. And at least in put together everybody and understand, you know, I, I guess if we can teach the same immigrant, the same machismo families, yeah. why the state of Florida government don't understand that? Talk to me about... Um what do you find to be the hardest piece about bringing these groups together, bringing the idea that there are transgender, LGBTQ immigrants, there's an immigrant conversation issue that we're talking about, but there's also this community within this larger issue what is the most difficult piece to explain to people to get them to understand that these are not siloed issues? Is the more hard work you say that, I guess. And it was not easy because uh, it's, uh, it's the process. Uh, I wouldn't say how it's working in this community in particular. The People Trust in Hope Community Center for years. And now they see me, who is that? I'm going to say that because that's the first impression. Mm -hmm, after mm -hmm. that, hello, Andrea. After that, they support me. Why? Because I work for Hope. So they say, if the founders, Adele, the executive director, trust in this person, 
She's real. So that that part is I don't know. It's in this community to start to move a little. It's still difficult because it's still a lot of, of their own community. They are not allowed to be in the home. There's so much hate. But you start to see also education. You still to see people coming to you. I think, can you talk with my kids? Because I don't know where they are. I think they are part of the LGBTQ. Can you explain me this? So I open open doors. It's not easy. It's open mm-hmm. the, like, to the more horrible question they can do to me and I answer. But that was my decision. And that maybe is, is the way the, the people start to change. I don't know how to... No, but you're you're right. It's through slowly, mm-hmm. through conversations, through moving past this kind of stigma and idea of who you think that somebody is and through Hope Community Center, people seeing you and saying, well, she she is working here. She is helping us. She is one of us, right? Mm -hmm. And so can build that trust because I think that that to me is part of what the opposition is trying to do is turn the trans community the LGBT larger community into the boogeyman, mm-hmm. something to be afraid of, something that you need to protect your children from. And I, I wonder if you think that we need to have what, what needs to happen in order to push back against that idea of be afraid of these people. You don't know them. You can't trust them. So how do we push back against that? It's my goal, and I think it's, it's education, but it's a real crude education to people or common people to go back to separate this because, you know, it's like people, when they start talking about ideologies, this is not an ideology. That's the big problem. Right. The recruitment process. And and I this is the words I say when I spoke with them. We don't recruit transgender people. We, we don't need to recruit because this is so special. Right. I'm so, and I'm going to say this, we are human, but we are more special than everybody. So if this is no place for everyone. It's so hard to be who we are. Okay, we don't need to recruit more. It's like, it's like kind of, and I'm going to say the word because I say that all the time, transgender is magic because this is a magic we had inside. And, and that put me in the old timers when they burned the wishes because they were magic. They bore one of the yep. arco because she yep. was magic. So that because that's exactly how I feel sometimes with the trans community. Sometimes no, that's a feeling. They they want to burn us because they are scared of us. They care scared because we are still there. They attacking every day so us and we still show up with a smile. Talking about kids, we don't go to get kids everywhere. I don't want the kids to be transgender, but we only want is our transgender kids survive, live. This is. It's like we have to teach people again because people is following what the people say in the news, what the, the parties say, because that's the problem when you got the ideologies. They say, you go, oh, I'm transgender, and they're going to cut me surgery tomorrow, and they're going to put all my genitals. That's not true. This is a looking difficult process. This is my life completely. I'm 58 years old, and I always, if I told my story, I can start for my day one, when I start this process. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, that's so, and it's not easy. And for the kids, we don't want they go to surgery. We want they be social, they live. So people have to understand that part. We don't recruit trans. We don't want to convert your kids in transgender, but we're going to protect. I don't consider 
hate to be an ideology. <laughs> and I think that that too is the problem that we have allowed the opposition to say, oh, well, I can have this different moral standing or this religious belief and this is, you know, an ideology. Hate isn't an ideology. Hate is just hate. And I think that, you know, the reason why I believe that the MAGA supremacists, which is what I refer to them as, the MAGA supremacists hate the trans community so much and hate the LGBTQ community so much is because you represent possibility, hope, um, and the idea that you can create your own path, that you can build a life and create a life and be successful and full and happy outside of the bullshit binary. Yep. And that's what scares them because it's like, well, I followed it. Why can't you follow it? Right? Like I suppressed myself. So why can't you suppress yourself? And that that is what I truly believe. I think that you're right when you said, you know, that you believe that trans people are magic. You go back to the idea of burning witches, you know, witches mm -hmm. at the stake. They weren't witches. They were independent women. Yep. Right. With brains and ideas and thoughts that were outside of what society at that time deemed OK. So you must be dangerous and we must put you down. Um, and I love the fact that you that you made that link. Um, as we wrap up, mm -hmm. tell me how people who are not in Florida um, can get connected with, help, donate, and learn more uh, about the Hope Community Center. I think you can. Well, you can find us in the websites, uh, like, like the Hope Community Center. I don't know if we're going to mm -hmm. put the links so, uh because we're doing a lot of work, we're doing a lot of we need we need support funders because everything is 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 a nonprofit, it's a big organization to move people to to bring the youngest one to protect our immigrants and to protect the trans. With the the best to support is talking about us, looking who we are, looking that we assist, looking that like all we're doing and how is it important on these people. It's like and so it's like the two words is to. I think we're more magical when you are immigrants. The immigrants, they are not a problem. The immigrants are part of the solution. Yep. And the transgender immigrants are more part of that solution too. We are productive. So looking for that, looking for just looking for the immigration. What's the truth about immigrants too? What, what, what does it they have to look in and support Florida? Looking for the organization in Florida, not only hope all the LGBT, all the trans organization, all the immigrant organization. It's a lot of grassroots try to survive in this place, and every single day is more dangerous to us. A lot of people is living every month. From every way I say somebody to somebody is living. I don't go nowhere because I think when I come to this country looking for freedom, I gave my freedom, I gave my citizen. I was federal officer, so I worked for this government mm -hmm. before I decide to do what I do it now. So this is my country, this is my place, I don't go nowhere. So that comes with that, and a lot of people with me. But we have to be together for that, so please support us, we assist. Amazing. Andrea, thank you so much for making the time for Woke AF. Really appreciate you and appreciate all the work that the Hope Community Center is doing. Thank you. That is it for me today, dear friends, on Woke AF as always. 
Power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry. The world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.